good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cup gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, which means distant thunder, and my colonized name is Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and, event, news and events, and as you know, Wendy, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is sponsored by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Looks like we got the whole dream team here with Ogama with the news, and Zoe backing up and doing all the stuff. Great show yesterday, Zoe. Thanks for setting in. Uh, like I said yesterday, uh, Wendy, uh, our... Uh, the the future of Native Roots Radio looks really great with Ogama and Zoe uh, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm mumble jumbling a little bit because I got in at 3.30 this morning from Wounded Knee. And uh, so I'm here and I'm excited to hear what's going on. Today we have Nancy Bolio on. And uh, this is also, uh, you know, where you hear news that you don't normally hear. And so let's get to Ogama right away, Wendy, and uh, mm. rock on this great show that we're going to have tonight. Welcome, Ogama. Hey, Buju, Anin relatives. This is Okamakanua Quay. I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I have some news and information for you here today. The first thing I want to touch on is the Roof Depot in Minneapolis and the ongoing uh, struggles there, uh, which is funny to say because the Roof Depot has been a struggle and a uh, a problem of discourse between uh, the city of Minneapolis and the community at East Phillips for about the last 10 years. Uh, so to say it continues on is, um, you know, gives me a little bit of a chuckle. But um, currently, so for those of you who may not know, uh, last week, uh, residents of the East Phillips neighborhood or members of the East Phillips uh, Neighborhood Institute joined together to occupy the former site of the Roof Depot um, in Minneapolis. And they were protesting the city as the city's plans to demolish it. And uh, the demolition could have caused some more um, environmental harm to the area because the area is already full of uh, increased pollution and uh, those types of things. But really the big problem is that the project that was going to come in after the roof depot was going to bring in even more pollution into that area. So uh, this last week, uh, the city of Minneapolis now cannot proceed with the plans to demolish the roof depot warehouse in East Phillips because a Hennepin County district judge granted an injunction to the East Phillips neighborhood in Institute that's going to block that demolition that was scheduled for this week. It was scheduled, I believe, for yesterday or today. Um, the order is basically to ensure that the building remains intact should the nonprofit win its case against the demolition, which is now under review in the Minnesota Court of Appeals. And um, that all just came down on Friday of last week. So um, the city had intended to begin demolition of the building uh, today, the 28th of February, um, and they want to preserve the building. The East Phillips neighborhood wants to preserve this building because they want to construct an indoor urban farm and community hub, basically a community center and an urban farm there. And this building, the old uh, the old roof depot, sits on top of a former uh, Superfund site uh, for arsenic, in which uh, the community in the East Phillips neighborhood for many years was a, was uh, exposed to arsenic uh, from the previous uh, land older uh, before the roof depot. Um, and that was monitored by the federal government. That community was monitored uh, from the 90s, I think early 90s, all the way up until uh, 19, 2019. So, I mean, this is a community that has seen a lot of ongoing health issues uh, related to the pollution. They have higher than average rates of asthma in this area, higher than average rates of pollution, um, and a lot of other issues, you know, that happen. And um, the the native uh, take on this too is that the Little Earth community lives in that area. So the Little Earth community is home to the only uh, native preference uh, community uh, housing site in the United States. So there's native preference for this low income housing site there. And it's the only one in the entire U.S. And um, that community is some 
smack dab in the middle of the East Phillips area. So there's a couple of bonds and things that had to be secured by the East Phillips Neighborhood Institute. Um, but, you know, this is still just, I mean, the city's still arguing that this is causing delays to harm taxpayers. And they're, they're trying to leverage to say that this is going to be, you know, a project that would benefit the neighborhood. Um, and, you know, I just, from every angle that I've read this story at now, Robert, I, I just don't see that. <laughs> um, well, so Ogum, it's really interesting. Here. Arsenic, is that the stuff that, Wendy, that you were chasing down when they were uh, spraying your neighborhood for bugs? No. Okay. Arsenic, I think, yeah. Go ahead. I think that was um, DDT that they used oh. to spray in neighborhoods from the back of trucks in the 60s. It's It was mm -hmm. what uh, Rachel Carson wrote Silent Spring about because it killed all the birds um, oh, when they wow. killed all the bugs. But um, arsenic is not much better. Our, the arsenic that was in the East Phillips neighborhood was actually used uh, was <laughs> because there was a pesticide production plant uh, that used arsenic to help kill grasshoppers. Uh, and that was what resided before the roof depot in that area. So, wow. um, you know, similar, similar wow. things happening there, but wow. um, we're really happy that this judge has granted this injunction and that the uh, community at the East Phillips neighborhood, which has basically used uh, all of the um, power that they had, they've exhausted all administrative um options before they resorted to this uh, to this occupation of the site now we'll get a chance to hear their case um, in the Minnesota appeals court so um, I don't know when um, this is going to be ruled on yet um, I have not heard that yet when the ruling um, in the Minnesota court is expected but we're definitely going to be following up on this so stay right. tuned for more information on that um, and I just wanted to touch base, too, on uh, something that happened earlier this week, too. Um, community members had gathered in uh, the Twin Cities in St. Paul uh, to protest the police killing of Yi Zhang, Yi Zhang um, who was a resident of the Winslow Commons Apartments and was uh, fatally shot by St. Paul police on February 11th after they responded to a call that there was a resident with a knife. Um, but the Zhang's family said that the 65-year-old was hard of hearing and did not speak English and um, that he had some PTSD. So he was in a mental health crisis and was murdered by police because he didn't speak English. Um, so there's community members who have rallied uh, around that, including um, Valerie Castile, her, whose son Philandro Castile was killed by police in the Twin Cities in 2016. So yet another uh, police murder in the Twin Cities um, in the middle of all of this. And, um, you know, just breaks my heart to hear that, you know, there was an elder um, with mental health issues and again, who didn't speak English, uh, who wasn't, wasn't cared for by the city. Um, we're going to have Nancy Bolio on later today, and I'm sure Nancy's going to talk about uh, something that just came through with the uh, EPA. Uh, the EPA is ch making some changes to the federal clean water uh, quality standards that would uh, benefit uh, Native communities and protect ceded lands. But here again in Minnesota, uh, you want to take a minute to... Uh, do something to help uh, the water here in Minnesota, call up uh, the governor or your representative and encourage them to uh, approve and uh, support the Prove It First law, which requires independent scientific proof that copper sulfide mining has operated elsewhere in the United States for at least 10 years without causing pollution. And that mine has been closed for at least 10 years without causing pollution. The Prove It First is to uh, protect Minnesota from risky sulfide mining moves. And, uh, you know, prove it first is something that a lot of these companies aren't going to be able to do. So sign on with your governor and uh, take action on that. Hey, great news. Ogama is always uh, keeping us on top of things. Uh, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio. And up next, uh, our hero, Nancy Bolio. Great to see her. And then later on, we're going to have our sacred animal uh, section of the show with Wendy. So you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. And Looks like the Dream Team's all here with Nancy. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey. Ho. 
Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. I am Oshawashko Gizig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Climate justice, that's right. Hey, we're here with Nancy Bolio, and Nancy Bolio works with uh, MN350, and we always love her updates. And we know uh, there's always a lot of things going on up there up north, Nancy. But, you know, I'd like to start today off by first welcoming you, but maybe taking a step back a little bit and reintroduce you to a lot of our new people because we're all over Turtle Island. And as you know, I was uh, at Wounded Knee here and I was running into all these people that listen to us all over the country, which kind of freaked me out. And I thought, oh, I better get my game up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe introduce uh, what, what, who you are and uh, what's up. So welcome, Nance. All right. Boujou. Uh, again, I'm, I'm Nancy Bolio and I am a citizen of the Leech Lake Reservation. And I think it's really critical, and I heard Ogama say it earlier, about being a citizen of the Red Lake uh, Nation. And I think it's, uh, you know, an important uh, distinction that we should be making that um, we're not members of Leech Lake or members of a tribe because you're a member of a golf course, of, you know, a shopping, you know, club or something like that. But we're citizens, right? So thank you, Ogama, for saying that earlier. Uh, again, I'm the Northern Organizer for Minnesota 350 and kind of lead the um, the treaty campaign, but I really want to give a shout out to the elders and the treaty keepers that actually um, guide the work that we do here in Northern Minnesota, defending our treaties and protecting all that is sacred. And like, um, you know, again, it's been five years I've been with Minnesota 350. I'm in Northern Minnesota on the Leech Lake Reservation. And uh, I couldn't say, um, you know, how much I really appreciate this this work that I do. I don't even call it work. I'm just kind of following my original instruction and hope to inspire other people to defend the treaties and, and take to the front line. And you can do it, you know, in a good way where you don't have to be arrested. Regardless, it's always a good way, actually, Robert. Um, you know, but um, I'm just saying that we need more people to defend uh, who we are and remind them that, we're still here. And I, what I, I see is, you know, a lot of the tribes across Turtle Island, they're starting to breathe more life into our treaties. And it's kind of exciting. And we're seeing um, that at the, um, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, with their proposed water quality standards, regulatory revisions to protect tribal reserved rights. And so, again, you know, um, 
there's a lot of work to do there, but it's like a big step into the right direction. And I think it's people like ourselves, you know, that really make um, a case for why we have to protect our treaties. And that's why we continue to, you know, assert our treaties and um, looking into the near future. We're going to do just that because we can't just keep talking about them. We have to assert them. We have yeah. to live. That's who we are. You know, so again, you know, the EPA is proposing revisions to the federal water quality standard um, and it'll carry, um, you know, that's a big part of the Clean Water Act. And so this is under the Biden administration. Um, the news went out uh, November of last year and the revisions describe how state and federal water quality standards must protect water and water dependent resources reserved to tribes through treaties, statutes sources of federal law and you know we talk we think about the winter's doctrine when we think about other other federal law in the waters of the united states once final the proposal would create a regulatory framework to be applied case specifically to ensure that water quality protect resources reserved to tribes such as the right to hunt and fish so again um you know, we're here protecting our, our treaty rights to hunt fish and gather. But what good are any of those rights if, if the fish is poison, if the water's poison, you know, our rights are, are no longer exist when that happens. So the clean water is essential to maintaining traditional ways of life. So um, this revision is actually, you know, like 20 pages long. But what it does do is... Um, more often than not, um, describe how, you know, they're trying to uphold our treaty rights. So I think this is important that people pay attention and make a comment, you know, because again, this revision is about who we are. And um, back in the 80s, um, the EPA assumed the states would honor treaty. We don't see that, right? We've seen that in line right. three. Right. So again, the EPA is going to step in and, and assure native tribes that have those treaty reserved rights that those are protected under those revisions so uh mn350 i think um later on this evening or early in the morning we'll have a link on our um facebook page and some of our, our tweets and other social platforms we have done a little of the work so we kind of answered some of the questions because again it was a complicated process and you know that's what's kind of disheartening about the whole thing is that they make things too complicated for our people to understand and be a part of that process. So we took a, a lot of the hard work and then uh, gave you guys um, some options and some thoughts you can use to to write your own comments. So again, um, if it's not there yet today, I just checked and I didn't see it yet. It should be there um, tomorrow morning, but we'll have that information available for our listeners and our followers and our allies and our relatives to make those comments. And um, the comment period ends really quick march 6th wow. so yeah we got to push that far and wide and again you know um when you know we see people out there holding frontline space it's just really important that we step out of our comfort zones and and support our relatives like we see in the roof depot um down in east phillips in minneapolis that's my old neighborhood robert i was born yeah. and raised in county and i i ran around into projects I lived down there, and to me, I have a small piece of my heart that will always be there. And I want to give a shout out to all of the strong relatives that were courageous enough to protect. Yeah. You know, Nancy, I saw Rachel Thunder down there, and she'd been on a few times with us, Nance, and uh, I saw her at Wounded Knee, I should say. And, uh, she was walking around with the cane because she got kind of roughed up by the police. It's just like, are you kidding me? Hey, I just want to back up one second too, Nancy. And I was at Wounded Knee Celebration this weekend. And I, I, I just want to say this about you. I think you're like one of those Wounded Knee people because w uh, they all became activists after this. They, they, they answered the call of Wounded Knee and some of them were even at, you know, uh, at Standing Rock, like you were and Wendy and I were. And, uh, you know, and we continue our work even after that. Right. You know, again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Robert, these are our original instructions, you know, um, that were left, you know, 
we're carrying on everything that our ancestors stood for and protected. Uh, and again, so it's part of, you know, my DNA to do what I'm, what I'm doing. And again, you know, I, I call on other people to find that strength and, and stand on the front line with us. And again, it's just that sense of community and we find strength in numbers. I remember the first time going to Standing Rock, um, I was scared, Robert. Then when I got actually to the front line, I, I smelt it, I felt it, everything about it. I could feel that power that we held together and I wasn't afraid anymore and I still ain't. You know, and so it, it's just finding that courage to step out of your comfort zone and say, this is who I am. I'm supposed to be resilient. I'm supposed to be a warrior. I'm supposed to protect all that is sacred. Yes. And so, you know, that's, I think, always a good thing for all of us to, you know, show up and, and find a way that you can help because there's all kinds of different ways. I know I've told you this story before, and but uh, Wendy and I were there during Thanksgiving weekend, and they were building a bridge uh, to cross the the river to go to uh, Turtle Hill. And Wendy and I originally were like, "Well, we can't get arrested. We have our dogs with us." And next thing you know, I'm not even kidding you. Forty five minutes later, we're raising our fist, crossing the bridge, and and <laughs> shouting down the police. It's just like, <laughs> the, the right, Wendy. You forget everything that you originally said to yourself before. So yeah, right. And you're kind of fearless, and it's because. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of truth to, to that phrase. There's strength in numbers. Right. And when you stand together, you don't stand alone. And, and you don't experience that until you show up and you hold space. And you're going to find out you're stronger than you think you are. You know, I remember my friend um, Terry Stoffer. Um, we were on our way to an action of some sort. And she said, Nancy, when I'm with you, I'm not scared. I said, really? I said, because you want to know what? When you're with me. I'm not scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, I was. Uh, yeah. I was afraid. I'll I'll admit that to all all you guys there. But uh, that it was an amazing thing. But you get caught up in the moment, and then your ancestors are calling you uh, to in a good way, like you were saying. So, uh, and I know this show is was started because of Standing Rock, and I know a lot of your work over the years started at Standing Rock too. It's exactly where it started. Um. Again, you know, um, I would have never imagined I am where I'm at today. And, um, you know, it was just a, a journey that started at Standing Rock. And I, I felt compelled when I came home that, you know, every part of Turtle Island, Nimama Aki, it, it, it's all got to be protected. And every part of this world, everybody has a responsibility. And collectively, how do we do that? And how do we spread inspiration to say you got what it takes to do this you know and again you um there's so many things people can do and on the front line and even if you can't be there you could pray and you could send them some money because again you know these big corporations have tons of money and unfortunately we need to use that capitalized junior to fight back right on hey nance can you stick around a little bit longer because I think we're getting on a roll here and uh, you, you always have great words and we always have great responses from people on YouTube and Facebook that are watching us when you're on. So it's hard for me to say hi, Juwoni, to you. We got to keep you on and keep everybody listening. Oh, we'll be right back after this short break, Wendy. Uh, Stay with us. There you go. We're with Nancy Bolio of Bemidji 350. Oh, Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. 
Tune in this Saturday morning right here on AM 950 for the kickoff of Season 7 of the Gardening with Join Holly radio show from 7 to 8 a.m. We'll be discussing the world of seeds and seed starting, as well as strawberries in the ground and containers. Our guest is author Pam Farley, and will answer your garden questions. That's all this Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950. Tell a friend and let's grow together. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526. 612-919-5526 or autotech.org. Hello, Minnesota. This is Tom Hartman, and you can catch me every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's smart radio for smart people. Hey, it's Patrick. February is the month for love, but when was the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? If your carpet hasn't been professionally cleaned, you are breathing unhealthy levels of nasty dirt, dander, bacteria, and germs that keep recirculating again and again. And what's worse, you're going to be stuck inside breathing that nasty stuff for months. Lucky for you, Zero Res is going to spread the love for you and your home with their Love Your Rug special. Get three rooms Zero Resified from the Twin Cities' number one carpet cleaner starting at just 119 bucks. Plus, this month only, they are throwing in a free hallway to sweeten the deal. But hurry, this deal won't last long. And because love has no limits, Zero Rest is going to take 75 bucks off your air duct cleaning. You owe it to yourself and your family to breathe healthy, happy, and clean. Call Zero Res right now, 952-Zero-Res, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res. This is the Being Curious Show. I'm Brian Mariani, founder of No Shift Own. And I'm Kelly Wagner, publisher of Edge Magazine. Our show is about curiously connecting teachers and seekers on a wide range of topics in a safe space. And our intention is that these conversations spark your own curiosity that creates a life that totally lights you up. This Sunday, we talk to representatives from Twin Cities Pagan Pride and guests that are hosting Paganicon, happening March 17th through 19th in Plymouth, Minnesota. For more information, go to tcpaganpride.org. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. A winter weather advisory is in effect. Snow expected tonight with a low of 31, then more snow on Wednesday with a high of 35. Hazel's Northeast offers the most creative comfort food you'll find for any meal of the day. Hazel's is located at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis, minutes from 35W. More at hazelsne2go.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is sponsored by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Hey, we really ap- appreciate everybody's sp- support, Wendy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get in the swing of things here. I'm having trouble talking as usual, but maybe that is a swing of things. <laughs> I think that's the normal thing. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, we're here with Nancy Bolio uh, of MN350 and Bemidji350, and we're just talking over a few things and, you know, maybe just talking about the history, too, of uh, Nancy being with us. And uh, I knowing Nancy, I was at uh, an action in downtown St. Paul and Nancy had a megaphone and she was speaking truth. And I'm going, who is this young warrior? How long ago was that, do you think? Oh, it was before. It was at least five years, right? Wow. Years, right in the beginning of when I first came, you were actually, you hobbled in on crutches and asked me to um, guard Carry your you? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> carry me, <laughs> carry me up to the protest. Yeah, you know it's it's always a good thing to hold each other up, and you know I'm always going to remind people to to walk with a good heart, you know, because it's again who we are. It makes the space that we hold um, collectively um, full of love. And Robert, you win with love when you lead with love, you know. So again, you know that's who I am. Um, I'm always going to keep showing up in a good way. And I, and I want to remind people again, if you can't make a front line, you know, you know, just 
you can't attend vent events you could be a keyboard warrior and, and share you know some of the stuff that's out there and again um follow that epa link that we're about to share and and answer i'm gonna answer comment um why this clean water is important because again it we are the stakeholders uh, it's the citizens of the tribes that define the tribe not five elected officials under an Indian Reorganization Act shouldn't determine what's best for us. And we've seen, you know, time in and time out how um, tribal leadership has failed us in, in many times in, in different forms. But I think, you know, um, with people like ourselves that show up into some of those spaces, uh, again, we hold our own officials accountable to show up with good intentions and protect um, the future of our people. because. We need clean water. Um, we depend on the monomen and um, a lot of things that are out there. And, you know, so again, um, the EPA's proposed regulation will clarify um, where tribal reserve rights exist in the states and the Commonwealth, you know, and all those other things. Um, we want to make sure that um, when they're revising um, some of these designated uses and, um, or some of the anti-degradation um, policies that when they re make these revisions from state to state that they're consulting with the tribes, the people, um, that these uh, water quality standards protect our natural resources. The water um, gives life to everything. So again, I think it's important for our people to um, make a comment from home, especially, you know, in the, in the, in the sake of the seventh generations is really important because I watched a movie last night, Robert, and um, mm. I forget the name of it. I found it at um, 350.org and it was, it talked about our lifestyles and, and how we're um, dependent upon fossil fuels. And we only really have like 30 years left mm. and that's scary. So um, again, I think w we got to start holding some of these, um, you know, um, um, state offices, the, the EPA, accountable to um, their obligation to honor the treaties. And the treaties were signed to preserve our way of life. So let's As get everyone over to MN350 and hit that link and uh, give them a, a piece of your mind. Right, Nance? Right. And again, you know, um, it might not be out there till tomorrow. But again, there's going to be um, just read through it. Um, it, it gives a little brief history of what's being proposed and why it's important to do this. And then there's when you scroll on down, there's going to be some bullets with some of the questions that they, they wanted us to comment on because you can't just comment out of the blue. And I mean, it's always good to speak your truth, but they're look, looking for certain areas of comment. And because it got to be a little bit more complicated than most of our relatives could understand, we had to beat our brains and, and, and kind of figure out what was the best way we could respond collectively as, as a people. And again, you don't have to use our exact language, but you can reword it. You can, it might make you think a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, just make sure you answer with, your heart because again um we speak truths and I, again those treaties are um there to protect our truth our way of life say before you get going i want to bring in our, our young one here zoe uh, allen who's new to the show if you have any comment zoe or a question or a statement for nancy before we let her go um i guess i always like to ask and miigwetch for being with us today nancy um I always like to ask any advice you have for the younger generation in, in all of this, um, since it is very heavy and it's, you know, something that we're going to inherit um, as well. So, yeah, any just any advice for our young warriors out there? I always say um, hold space uh, treaty style. Um, many times uh, we get labeled as protesters, but if you show up um, treaty, you have a right to be there. And asserting treaties is not a crime. Denying those treaty rights is the crime. So I, I tell our young people, because most of them don't understand, because um, in our history books, the truth is not there. We're not 
um, teaching our people what treaties are and why they're important to us and how they protect our way of life. So again, I ask our young people to get more informed on that. And then when you all come up to the front line or speak your truth in, in a city council meeting or wherever it be, stand with your treaty, whatever treaty territory you're from, and don't back down and don't surrender. Because if you surrender, you're admitting that their laws are applicable to us. And we know because of Article 6, treaties are supreme law of the land. So don't surrender, be strong, and make sure that you're there with prayer and remain peaceful. Because again, uh, treaties uh, are about peace and friendship. So if we do our part, we expect the same back. And that's what we saw at Camp Firelight was um, relationship building around treaty. And again, it's about community awareness and education and being strong as a, as Ogichida. So again, hold that line and be, be fierce and be loud and be proud. Right on, right on. And I've, uh, I've seen Zoe's uh, been around and uh, doing some protesting and things like that in a good way. So we're glad to have her here on uh, Native Ritz Radio and uh, uh, to join in. Yeah, and absolutely. Just like Nancy said, you don't have to be on the front line. You could be a, a keyboard warrior and just share the stuff out and uh, bring awareness to other people and, and, and do that. Yeah, but you know, knowing you, Wendy, you're on your keyboard, and next thing you know, we're down there protesting, and then somebody's getting arrested. But yeah, right, just like the bridge story. It's like we're not going across the bridge. I know. Like, I said to Robert when we were at Standing Rock, "That's it. We we can't go any further. We can't. We have to stay right here. We could stay right here, and we're going to observe." Yeah. And then we're like, "Wait, we we have to just move in a little bit closer." So we walk a little yeah. and a little bit. Oh, let's get in here. Oh, this is. We have to do this now. Let's go. And by the time you know it, our feet were in the in the water. Yeah, it's like a bridge. They made a bridge for us. Right. And you just follow your heart and and that's mm -hmm. where you find your courage. And, and, and again, you know, um, you're a lot stronger than you think you are. And um, without giving up too much information, we're going to be holding some space this Saturday here in northern Minnesota. And I, I would like to use the term and this is another, um, you know, uh, suggestion that we do is hold space. Let's not say um, we're, we're, we're going to go on Saturday. We're we're not going to go protest what's happening. We're going to go hold space because that happening is denying our treaty rights. And so when we show up on Saturday, we're going to hold space treaty style. We're not protesting what's happening. We're going to just let them know that what they're doing is violating our treaty rights. And so we're um, with 1855 treaty in our hand. Wow. Nancy, Thank you so much. Always a rock star. People, you know, our, our chats always fire up when you come on. So I really appreciate your, uh, not only knowledge, but uh, just what you do for our community and that you are definitely a true warrior and boots on the ground wherever needed. Um, McWitch for having me, Robert. And, you know, again, it's, it's the support and um, the continued um belief in what we do here is what keeps us going so again we call on everyone everywhere to go defend your treaty and and hold space in a good way and show them that you're not going to back down right on hey have a good night or in a good week we'll be talking to you very soon mm -hmm. good night <laughs> well uh zoe and wendy uh inspiration nancy always. really is an inspiration and just by listening to her you feel like getting fired up you know you feel like doing mm -hmm. something you feel like getting involved and making sure what you believe in is going to you know come to fruition you see what tracy put up there too i, I put it up earlier she says represent and be present mm -hmm. uh Tracy is probably one of the biggest Minnesota Vikings fan I've ever met in my life. Uh, and uh, you can see that picture there. She's jumping out of a plane. So she's a true warrior, too. Thanks for always listening, Tracy, and having really uh, good words for us here on uh, Native Roots Radio. Uh, Zoe, so do you feel fired up? I mean, uh, Nancy's always brings in the, brings in the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love the way that she talked about, you know, having options, too. Um, because I think, especially amongst, um, the youth and my, my peers, it's been kind of feels like limited and what we can do. Like we all have to be frontline people and we all have to be like 
risking arrest, but that's just not sustainable for everyone. That's not available, accessible to everyone. Some people have disabilities. Some people can't be at events, but um, showing up on social media, um, watching lives is really important. Calling, um, you know, your legislatures, Senate, whatever representatives there may be, um, those those really matter. And also helping out with things like jail support or, you know, um, bail bonds. Like there's so many right. ways we can get involved in these things from our homes even, you know. Well, it's great to have you on because you're a Gen Zer and this last uh, election, the Gen Zers saved us. And uh, I mean that truthfully, that was the first time they that the boomers got uh, outvoted by any kind of uh, uh, group, age group, and uh, the Gen Zers are gonna save us. So I really appreciate that. Any last uh, words there, Ogama? You know, just uh, the same thing as that we get involved, uh, take action uh, in some way. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we're going to talk uh, with Wendy about our sacred relatives. Uh, and we'll be right back after the short break. Stay with us. Oh, oh. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Hi, I'm Kelly Tanky. And I'm Joe Kirk. Tune in to AM 950's newest show, Searching for Service, a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. We are dedicated to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for purpose, value, and meaning. But more importantly, connection through community. Tune in Sundays at 3 p.m. or anytime via podcasts. It's time to stop searching and start serving. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. (laughs) Hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many, many years, and she's been on since day one of Native Roots Radio and, and discussing... Uh, all our sacred relatives are, which you know, the colonizers like to call animals, mm-hmm. but it's uh, there are relatives, and we discuss uh, fun facts, true true stories, uh, inspiring stories, sad stories. Uh, but we bring the truth here, and I just gotta say one thing before I, I get you on, Wendy. It's mm-hmm. it's you're gonna be hard to outdo your pre-record from yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, my name is Hanaji Hihani, and that means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. 
Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. Um, today, in my email, I got an email and update from Howling for Wolves. Oh. Oh. Now, we really, um, <laughs> we have to uh, go out there and ask all of our wolf advocates to ban wolf hunting for good. Now, I have some good news. Bills to remove wolf hunting and trapping from state law were officially introduced in both the Minnesota State Senate and House. So Senate file 2062, listen to this, Robert, is chief authorized by Senator Mary Kunish. Oh. Our very uh, own Mary Kunish, who you can hear here and see here every Friday. Yes. So I'm really happy and I want to thank Mary for doing it. And uh, co-sponsored by Senators uh, Haja, Abler, Marty, and Dibble. And the identical House companion bill, the House File 2144, is chief authored by Representative uh, Peter Fisher and co-authored by Representatives uh, Becker Finn, Jordan, and Hornstein. Wow. Yeah, isn't that awesome? So people who we know yeah. are being wolf advocates and signing bills to right. be push through. So we really need this to be done. Um, and we did do Wolf Day uh, 2023. And I think there was a little over 100 people who signed up for that day. Thank you again, um, Mo Dr. Maureen Hackett. Howling for Wolves. Howling for Wolves oh, organization. I Dr. Maureen to, I wanted to howl. I just you wanted to howl say, at least I just a wanted to hear say Howling for Wolves. Oh. Exactly. Um, she is the founder of Howling for Wolves, and she really put on a wonderful day where people gathered at the Minnesota uh, State Capitol, and we went and had appointments with our red, uh, senators and House representatives to ask them to to be aware of this bill when it comes on the floor and to support it. Right. So we're asking all of you uh, to go on the Howling for Wolves oh. page. <laughs> And uh, Howling from Wolves makes oh. this really so easy. Um, you just have to take action. You go on their action page, and all you have to do is press the button to say you want to uh, support this, yeah. right? So you support it, and you just fill in your information. You name your address and this and that, and they will send a letter automatically to your senator and representatives. You don't even have to know who they are because Howling for Wolves does. Oh. Yeah, so they already came up with their own letter, but they also want you to, if you could personalize it in any way, because we don't want our senator and representatives to think that we're robots, right? We just want to right. add a little personal. Uh, it could be as simple as, listen, I want I want to see um, Minnesota wolves <laughs> stay in Minnesota because I want my grandchildren to be able to see them or know that they're there and they're right. safe, right? So that's what we have to do. No, we have to fight, and you have been for many years, Wendy, fighting the misnomers about wolves and how mean they are and the big bad wolf mm -hmm. and Red Riding Hood and all these things that we were brought up with. And, exactly. Uh, that aren't the, that how good they're for our land and all those things that you talk about. Well, I'm glad that you said that because oh. I have um, eight incredible wolf facts hey. everyone should know, Robert. <laughs> so there you go. Good segue. Oh. Um, and this is from Good Nature, and it's also from the um, Wildlife Fund and Natural Habitat Adventures. Um, and this is um, posted by Peter Davis, uh, uh, nature and wildlife. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what he talks about, about all the misnomers about wolves and how they're misrepresented, misrepresented, tedited. And, um, You've been living with me too long. You used to speak very well when we first met. I know. You know, they, it rubs off, you know, like if you go somewhere and, and you pick up an accent, it's the same thing. Right? But listen, listen to this. True love. 
Uh, oh. Once a wolf oh. has found a mate, they tend to stay together for better or for worse through sickness and health, and often until death do them part. Of course, it's typical only the alpha male and female that breed, um, but they stay together um, and they mate for life. Isn't that wonderful? And wolves will die for each other. In addition to a trend towards monogamy, wolves develop such strong social bonds for their family and other loved ones. They have been known to sacrifice themselves for the survival of the pack and the family unit. So move over, Romeo and Juliet. A Samson and Delilah. (laughs) Again, that's true. And it's all in the howl. Perhaps the most well-known characteristic of the gray wolf is its penetrating, hauntingly beautiful howl. This is a primary communication tool between lone wolves and their pack as well as between packed. When it um, comes to uh, territory, inner pack howling will determine the size and strength of different pack, often determining whether or not to attack or retreat. So yeah, the howl can really tell a lot. Um, wolves are as long as really tall people, but much faster. So here's, yeah, so listen. So this is some stats about the size of wolves. Mm -hmm. So while the average length of female wolves is four and a half to six feet from their nose to their tails, males can grow to six and a half feet in length. This is partly why they can sprint to speeds of 36 to 38 miles per hour for short distances distances <laughs> though unless they are on a chase they tend to cruise at a more leisurely pace of about five miles an hour so if i had a tail i'd be taller than six two no way oh wait <laughs> you, all right yeah you would <laughs> okay from Whoa. their nose to the end of their tail marathon runners this is number five although the above noted speed is not um, super fast for a top predator, uh, a cheetah, a cheetah, for instance, can can, uh, can travel up to seventy-five miles an hour in short bursts. Wolves are ultra marathon endurance hunters. They have been known to track and trace their prey for hours, well into the night, and they have added bonus of a high IQ and excellent sense of hearing and smell, all of which they put to good use in rounding up their next meal now you know the the old saying wolfing it down (laughs) wolfing it down yeah well wolves can eat a huge amount as much as nine kilograms uh so that's like uh, 19.8 pounds in one sitting Um, and they eat very fast and they eat it all at once and the alpha male gets to eat first and then once the alpha male eats then the other pack animals could eat uh, because they don't know when they're going to have their next meal so that's why they do it and that's why it's called wolfing it down wow i see i learned something in all seriousness every time and i just learned that because i wolf i used to wolf my food down when i was younger but you know that's a whole nother show and story hey i want to thank ogama nancy bolio and you wendy and zoe and uh thank myself and uh you've been listening to native roots radio we're still here we are the seventh generation free leonard peltier now 